Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for South Cities Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. If you want to learn more, go to southcities.church. I'm here with Ethan today. Hello. Hi, Ethan. I'm here with Stacy. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. So we're like over halfway through July right now, which to me feels like we're past the halfway point of summer. Mm-hmm. So how does it make you feel individually that we're halfway through summer? Great. <laughs> See, I knew that this would... <laughs> Let's keep going. Ethan, what is your favorite season? Winter. It's really? winter. It's not even fall? Wow. Late fall. Late fall. But no, winter. Yeah. Late fall. Wow. Um, we are approaching my favorite month and season. Which is? September, September and fall. Okay. And back to school. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> no, but summer goes so fast in Minnesota, so <clears throat> I'm enjoying it, but I can't believe we're halfway done already. I know. <clears throat> so summer is without a doubt my favorite season. I mean, I love I love everything about it. I never get too hot. I don't know. I'm weird like that. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so I'd, it's like right now is the point where I like struggle to enjoy the rest of the summer because it just feels like it's about to end. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, so it's like, I got to focus on living in the moment yes. and enjoying it while I can instead of being like, oh, it's almost over. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Do you get that way at the end of a vacation too? The last day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in the end of a vacation, I feel like, oh, I got to pack. I got to get ready to go. And then it's like hard to enjoy the last. Yeah. Anyway. I started whistling a Christmas song the other day. Why would you do that? No. Nah, it just popped in my head. Well, that's a discussion for another time. How early is it appropriate <laughs> to listen to Christmas music? Yeah, but, for you, probably it's not too early. We can just, so. no, not, it is too early now. <laughs> Even for me, it's too okay, early. Five. Christmas in July? <clears throat> yeah, I suppose. People do that. They do. I don't, oh, I don't get that. Like in the other hemisphere where Christmas is in the middle of the hot season. Just does not that compute with my me brain. Me neither. You know, I've spent Christmas before in Los Angeles and it was like 65 degrees. And I was like, I could do this. <laughs> I, 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 that just. It's no. not right. It was fine. No. It was great. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> we've got a um, kind of a break in the regularly scheduled programming from the podcast. Daniel's gone uh, today. And so we were just thinking, what can we talk about? And we were thinking, well, this fall, speaking of fall coming, mm-hmm. the impending fall, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, a Sunday school class that we're going to offer, Lord willing, if I ever finish it, but I think I will. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this Sunday, or the, on Sunday mornings uh, on Union with Christ. Yes. So we've talked a little bit about that before on the podcast and in other places, Um. But we just feel like that's a really important topic to understand as a church because a lot of our life flows out of what it means actually and practically to be united to Christ. So so either one of you, if you just guys just want to take a stab at defining what is, if someone's like, what does union with Christ mean? What, how would you describe it to them? It doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> you know what it means. <laughs> We're united to him by faith. Uh-huh. Yep. So that Christ's righteousness and his benefits and 
I guess you could say his identity, yeah. not as the son of God, right, but not as God. Uh-huh. Um, are available to us and mm-hmm. given to us as well. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Which is an amazing thing to think about. So if you think through, you know, like in the New Testament, there's all sorts of passages that talk about uh, in him or in Christ. So the word, you know, phrase union with Christ doesn't, you know, really ever show up. But over and over and over again, especially Paul talks about in him, we have received dot, 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 dot. Mm -hmm. In Christ, Mm -hmm. every spiritual blessing, all those types of things. So the, the thought of us actually being through faith in Christ means in that we're united to him in such a way that what's ours because becomes his and what's his becomes ours. Mm-hmm. So when we, and Martin Luther kind of called that the, the great exchange, yep. right? So what types of things are ours that become his when we become a Christian? Can you think of anything? Well, I mean, union, union with Christ um, is so closely tied to the gospel. Yep. So when we first are unified with Christ, uh-huh. I mean, the on the one side, there's um, our sin that he's yeah, paid for. Exactly. And then on the other side, there's imputed righteousness. Yes, yep. So in our union with Christ, our sins become Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why he died. When mm-hmm. he was on the cross, he took our sins as if they were his, yep. which is unbelievable, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, and then instead of us having our sin and carrying around our sin and our shame and all of those things, we get Christ's righteousness. His, his perfect life is imputed to us as if it was ours. Mm-hmm. And so that's what being united to Christ is. We are united to him in his death that he paid for our sins. And we're united to him in his resurrection to new life and into the righteousness that he bought for us. Yeah. Okay, so um, why does it matter? What do you think? Well, uh, random aside, um, I think uh, even in uh, the book we're reading right now uh, as staff in staff meetings, just to touch on the gospel again. Mm -hmm. It's a book, uh, was it renewed by the gospel or shaped by the gospel? It's either shaped or shaped by the gospel by Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh So uh, often you hear people leave out one of those crucial components when talking about the gospel. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll either really focus on the sin aspect and then not talk at all about imputed righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Or they'll flip it around um, and, you know, the opposite is just as dangerous. Mm-hmm. So the, the beauty of it is that in our union with Christ, both of those are true. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of thinking of a Tim Keller <laughs> quote almost, something he says a lot, but that in the Christian faith, it's the only religion in which your identity is received and not achieved. And I feel like if we're mm. not united to Christ, yeah. we're left still trying to achieve some status because I I, I don't know, we're, we don't we won't have received Christ's righteousness, we'll be left still trying to earn that somehow. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. 
So that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons that thinking about the category of union with Christ matters so much for us. All of the benefits that we receive, and it's totally received, yep. come to us because they were Christ first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now in our union with him, they're ours. So I'm thinking of like Ephesians chapter one. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. starting in verse three, I'll just read a few verses here. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, now here it is, in Christ. There it is, there's the phrase, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So stop and think about that. All the spiritual blessings that are Christ in the heavenly places, short of being God, you know, himself. You know, we, we don't become God. Mm-hmm. But everything else we've been blessed with. And then he goes on to list a bunch. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Okay, so we just got finished with a, uh, on the podcast, a series on systematic theology, where we talked about all the systematic categories. Um, You know, election, justification, sanctification, adoption, all these things, you know, in the the area of Christology and the sovereignty of God. Here it is, verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. All right, so there's, our, pre, our election, mm-hmm. because Christ is the elect one, right? He's the chosen son, mm-hmm. and now we're in him, and therefore he chose us. And he did that not because anything that we deserved, he did it just because he wanted to. <laughs> uh, and then in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. So there it is again, adoption. Mm-hmm. How do we become sons and daughters of God? by faith, but also in Christ. It's because God, uh, because Jesus is the son of God, right? And now we're in union with him, we become his children. Or um, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, in him we have redemption through his blood, okay? Justification, Mm -hmm. that's ours because it was Christ first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So <clears throat> this kind of like changes how we think about like systematic theology. They're not just like random categories or things that we uh, get. They are because we're united to Christ and then every benefit that's his becomes ours, which kind of grounds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of these systematic theology categories that we always think about in being united to Christ. Why are, why are you justified? Because Jesus is perfectly righteous. And now through our union with him, we are. How are you being sanctified? Because Jesus is holy. Mm-hmm. And now in union with him, we're becoming holy. So it will really ta- matters. Will you talk a little <clears throat> bit about the role of the Holy Spirit in that? Because mm-hmm. I'm also looking at Colossians 3 um, about... Um, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And mm-hmm. then he goes on, put to death what is earthly in you, put on these things. Mm-hmm. We touch on the role of the Holy Spirit yeah, in absolutely. union with Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, when we are united to Christ, one of the things that we get is his indwelling presence with us, um, <clears throat> in the, which is the Holy Spirit. And that's how, so there's the, the category of already and not yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to sanctification, there is a way in which we are already sanctified, 
you know, Paul talks about you have been sanct- you've been washed, you've been sanctified, you have been justified. And there's a part where we are ongoing, becoming more and more holy. We're fighting sin. We're putting it to death. The flesh is dying. We're becoming more like Christ. And so through our union with Christ and the indwelling Holy Spirit, that's how it happens. So I think of like Galatians chapter five. Every one of us has the desires of the spirit and the desires of the flesh at work within us. Um, And what we're supposed to do is put to death the desires of the flesh and live by the spirit that we might display the fruits of the spirit. So that's kind of like the Holy Spirit's work within us is the outworking of our union with Christ. Yep. Right? It's the power that makes it possible. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, too. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so uni- being united to Christ should be our ultimate identity. Now, when we talk about identity, what are we talking about? Do you ever talk about, you know, like in counseling sessions or anything like your identity? Yeah. Like what, it, what is it? What are, what are we <laughs> thinking about? Well, who? how do you conceive of who you are? Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, you know... I'm so-and-so's daughter or I'm so-and-so's family member or friend, you know, mm-hmm. but in the ultimate sense, pointing people back to, well, who does God say that you are? Mm-hmm. And that's what matters most. Yeah. And that's what is most true about you. So is having those other identities like bad? No, that God gave us those. I mean, he gave us to live in relationship mm-hmm. and that's a part of it, but we want to be most informed by what he says about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So this is this is kind of like where the rubber meets the road is if we are united to Christ, then that should be the most foundational shaping reality that defines every aspect of how we live. And it matters uh, because, oh, I just wrote this down and I'm on the wrong tab. There it is. <clears throat> I really believe that everybody is seeking their ultimate satisfaction and their ultimate affirmation, satisfaction and affirmation in the identity that they most live out of. So whatever your biggest, most foundational identity is in your life, that's where you're going to look for your satisfaction and your affirmation. You know, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. Affirm me in this. And this is where I'm trying to find all my satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So... You know, you can take being a parent, for example. If that's your ultimate identity, right, then that's where you're going to look for your satisfaction. Like, oh, my, my kids are everything and my being a parent is everything about who I am. And that's where you're going to look for your affirmation. Like in my, my life is measured about how good I am yep. at being a parent. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that's just a random example to just highlight that any identity that we take on as ultimate other than being united to Christ uh, is going to be impossible <laughs> to, to find your ultimate satisfaction and affirmation in. It'll just crumble underneath that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thing even like uh, other world religions. Yeah. Rationalism, humanism, all of those things are ultimately failing. Mm-hmm. So how, how would you counsel someone who's struggling with finding their identity in Christ versus a different identity? Like practically, like let's say, oh, I'm really, I'm feeling really defeated in my, you know, in my parenting and I just feel like I'm no good at it. And 
you're, it's, it feels like that's where they're looking for their affirmation and their acceptance and their satisfaction. Yeah. What, like what's the first step in addressing something like that? Um, I guess <clears throat> being aware of it is mm-hmm. one thing because I think a lot of these thoughts maybe we're not even aware of sometimes mm-hmm. um, or giving thought to. Um, I think, I don't know, just off the top of my head, like coming back to some of these passages like the Ephesians 1, mm-hmm or Colossians 3, and having almost as homework, like meditate on this for the next couple of weeks and yep. like, um, you know, write out like situations or things that come to mind that this can apply to just to be um, renewing our minds with the truths of God's word. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, yeah, that's the first couple of things that yeah. come to mind. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um the more that we come to understand the foundational reality of our union with Christ and therefore that's like who we are. Yep. Then the more that's going to free us up to hold all the other things in life loosely, right? So, you know, pick your pick your identity. It's not wrong to say I am a teacher, I am a husband, I am a whatever. Mhm. But hold that loosely as not the defining thing about you. Yep. The defining thing about you is that you are united to Jesus Christ through faith. And therefore, you are the recipient of his uh, electing grace. He chose you. You're the recipient of his justification. You are declared righteous, forgiven, redeemed. You are a son or a daughter. You're adopted into God's family. You're being sanctified. You are holy and righteous. And one day you're going to be made completely perfect. You're going to have the same glorified body as Christ, right? If all those things are true, then what could possibly happen in this world that could take any of that away? Mm -hmm. Nothing. So therefore, when one one of your other identities is threatened, then it isn't ultimately earth shattering. Now that doesn't mean that suffering isn't real. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't want to downplay that. Right, yep. You know, when life hurts and there can be real pain associated with any of those identities. But our rock solid hope is that through our union with Christ, nothing's ultimately up for grabs. All of those promises are who we are and that, that can never change. Mm-hmm. So that changes then how we walk through suffering. That changes how we look at the world around us. Like I talked about this last week in the sermon, where our home is, where our hope is. And it changes how we give hope to the world. You know, our our hope that we offer isn't a life improvement. Here's how you make your finances better. And here's right. how you make your family better. And here's how you do this and that and the other thing. It's, you can be united to Christ and get every single spiritual blessing in him. And that can never, ever be taken away from you no matter what happens in life. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty big deal. <laughs> it's pretty foundational. Yeah. yeah. And for myself, as you were talking, I'm, I was thinking <clears throat> what I can usually trace it down to when I first am aware of like, I'm putting my identity in something else is feelings of, um, I don't know, sometimes like overly disappointed at a situation or, yeah. um, you know, frustrated at my own lack of like, living up to my expectations for something or, mm-hmm. or somebody else and um, stepping back from that and like 
looking at, oh, I'm putting too much in that or I'm putting too much on myself. Like, does God expect this of me? Does he expect perfection of me? Yeah. No, he doesn't because he's already declared me righteous in Christ and accepted. And so there's, I think it comes from from me um, just accepting grace that I don't, even though I am declared righteous and my identity is in Christ, there's grace for weaknesses and mistakes to happen um, that I don't have to like put my identity in like doing everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even that can be an identity that can be crushing, right? Oh yeah. Having such high expectations of yourself. Oh, I need that, to, yeah. things to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. People yep. can definitely hide behind that identity. For sure. <laughs> I've done that. I mean, it's just so the, the possibilities for identities that can get out of whack in your heart are just endless. <laughs> as many people as there are in the world can be yeah. how many <laughs> identities can mm-hmm. can go wrong. So what this really is, is that it's an invitation to rest in your union with Christ. Just rest in it. And that it, the way that you do that is just meditating on it so much that it becomes like it actually sinks into your soul. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can't, you can't believe it's so counterintuitive to our human nature to believe that this could be true, that unless you are constantly in scripture, reading these promises, reminding yourself of these realities, it's just not going to (laughs) stick. So yeah. Is there anything else that you guys would want to say about union or identity in Christ here? Yeah. um, The other, uh, the other thing that's, that's great about that rest as well is that that looks very different to a world that doesn't have that grounding. Mm-hmm. And so from an evangelistic exactly. perspective, yep. you, you can um, have something traumatic or even going about your daily life in a normal way. Having that rest might mean that, um, in a, in a difficult situation, you're much more calm than is expected. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that people will notice yeah. and will say, hey, what's, why, why, do you, why are you acting like that? Why are you the way that you are? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. It changes how people, yeah, people see you acting a certain way and it changes like what we can say to people. Like, hey, actually your identity is a, you know, a high powered stockbroker or whatever, you know, <clears throat> that could change in an instant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That could get taken away. Uh, is that really where you're placing your hope <laughs> in that identity for your satisfaction and your affirmation? Or should it be in something that can never, ever be taken away? So there's a yep. evangelistic opportunity right yep. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So good. So if you want to learn more about that, Sunday school, starting in the fall, Sunday mornings, we're going to have a a class on union and identity in Christ. Yes, I cannot wait. (laughs) So come prepared with questions, come prepared to look seriously at what the Bible says about these things, and we're going to really try to apply it to everyday life. So great, good conversation, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Nick. Mm -hmm.